everybody. Welcome to Zone Defense. We talk all things NBA and NFL. Be sure to follow us on Spotify at Zone Defense Podcast, on Twitter at Zone Defense Pod, and hit that subscribe button down below because it really helps out our channel a lot. Also, let us know who is your pick to win the AFC South down in the comments below. Today we'll be doing another NFL divisional breakdown with the AFC South. How's it going, Roman? I'm good, Drew. Uh, this division, we've been we've been very excited for this one. Not really. I think it's going to be like the boringest division uh, in, in the NFL this year. And unfortunately, or fortunately, maybe for Chris, he's not here today um, to talk about it. But I'm, I'm excited to dive in uh, to another episode with you. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, uh, I guess maybe fortunately for Chris, he picked the right episode to uh, to miss out on. But uh, he's got a big MLW game today. So this episode will obviously go out after that. But good luck to him. Hopefully the, the Gators win. Um, but yeah, we'll jump into it. There are some interesting teams. I mean, no, that's not super, super entertaining because when you have the Texas and the Jaguars in your division, two awful teams, it's not going to be great. Um, but I think that the, the two top teams in this division have some interesting storylines. But unfortunately, we will start with the worst team in this division last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, as you can see, they only won one game. They finished at one and fifteen. Um, they won. Well, they won week one, right? They beat the Colts. Mm-hmm. Everybody was just like Gardner Minshew mania was in full force. I remember on this show, as a matter of fact, I think it was week three or week four. We all picked them to win and beat the Dolphins on I think Thursday night football, um, and then the Jags got smashed by Miami. So that wasn't that, our best. It wasn't great. That game screwed um, me in more ways than one. I'll just say that. Oh yeah, I think you had Minshew as a fantasy. Uh, I think that was your fantasy pick of the week too. So it was just all around was not great for us um, and the Jaguars. But fortunately, I guess um, the one silver lining in finishing one and fifteen is they were the worst team in the whole NFL last year and was able to get Trevor Lawrence. Um, and they also were able to get Urban Meyer as their new head coach. I know both you and I are, are a little bit out on Urban Meyer, but I'm sure we'll get into that here in a second. But before we do, let me go over the additions and the subtractions. As I mentioned already. They got Trevor Lawrence at the 1-1 in the NFL draft. They also drafted, pretty surprisingly, if I do say so myself, because they already had a really good um, rookie running back last year in James Robinson, but they did draft Travis Etienne um, in the later in the round one. I think it was 23rd or 24th pick. Um, but just a few days ago, it was announced that he will be out for this season. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I believe it was something in his foot. Um, so... He's unfortunately after the season. It's really disappointing because he was so good in Clemson last year, and I was looking forward to seeing him play in the NFL, but hopefully we'll see him great play really well in 2022. Um, they also got Marvin Jones Jr. Um, and Shaquille Griffin, Rayshon Jenkins, and Carlos Hyde teamed up with his college uh, coach, Urban Meyer, uh, and rejoined the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, he was also at Jacksonville a couple years ago, too, actually. So he's, he's lots of reunions there for Carlos Hyde. Uh, in terms of key subtractions, they lost Joe Schobert, Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, and Al Woods. So obviously, they weren't a great team last year. So the subtractions, they didn't lose a whole lot, but some notable names there for sure. But um, I'll let you get us started here, Roman. Um, are the Jaguars, do you think Trevor Lawrence is going to set the world on fire year one and, and lead the Jaguars to a playoff berth? Or do you think it might be more more towards that 1-15 type of season like they had last year? Well, when you're 1-15, it doesn't take much to have an improvement of a, of a season. Uh, and obviously, just recently, they officially announced for Trevor Lawrence to be their starter, even though we already kind of expect that to happen anyways. Um, so they might try and trade Minshew. Who knows what kind of package or what kind of uh, deal they'll get done for him. But I think this team will be entertaining just because, you know, obviously when you have them on overall pick, all eyes are on them. Uh, I do like some of their additions, though, Marvin Jones especially. I think he'll have a huge role this season, um, kind of cutting into some of the work of, you know, Shark, 
which we probably talk about a little bit too. Um, their defense, I think, is gonna not not improve, but I think there's still there's some pieces to look out for. And Josh Allen, C.J. Henderson, especially um, those guys are fun players to watch. Um, Etn, I was excited to watch him play, not for the Jaguars. I was hoping he'd go for a, a team that actually needed him, as opposed to Jacksonville, where I think James Robinson will have another fantastic season, in my opinion. Um, so I think this team, well, I don't think they'll be good. I think this, well, actually, they're not my last place team in the division again, um, as we probably can assume. But I think this team will still be uh, having a top five, top ten pick this year. But I think they'll have a lot of optimism for sure. Yeah, you pretty much nailed everything um, that I was going to say. You originally shocked me when you said they weren't the last place team in your division, but then I forgot the jersey I'm wearing. This team is also in this division. So they'd probably be a last place team, though, in pretty much every other division, I think it's safe to say. Maybe outside the NFC North, but I know that's a touchy subject for you um, in the, as, as Alliance fans. So we won't get into that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the defense, it, it's going to be better than it was last year, um, but still not great, I don't think. Uh, and same thing with the offense. I think it's going to be a little bit better. I, I know maybe because we're Lions fans, I feel like I've seen a lot of Marvin Jones hype and everyone's excited about him. I, I just don't really get it. Um, I know Chris doesn't get it as well. I wish he was on here. I know he has some hot uh, Marvin Jones takes. But, um, I mean, he was good last year. But he was – I mean, I remember the, the beginning of the year, everyone was like, oh, he's washed. He's never he's, – he's done. He's done. And then the second half of the year, he played really well. And I just don't – that's my concern, I guess, with Marvin Jones. Is it's like, is he going to be that guy he was the second half of the year, or is he going to be more like the guy he was to start the season? So, I, I so think he'll be there. I think he'll be all reliable for for Trevor Lawrence. I think he's been like kind of one of his main targets in the preseason. So that's, I guess, encouraging to see. Although they obviously haven't been playing all their starters. Chark himself has been dealing with a minor injury himself. So hopefully, it doesn't cut into the season too much. But I think overall, in terms of weapons, I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence is set all around. Obviously, Shark, Chenault coming into year two could break out, uh, and then Shark, uh, or then uh, Marvin. Obviously, they don't have much of the tight end position. Unfortunately, they cut uh, Tim Tebow, who was my fantasy pick today. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, they have no one really notable at the tight end position. Um, offensive line is still having their growing pains. Hopefully, he doesn't have a Joe Burrow where he just doesn't get yeah. protected at all. Um, that's probably just the main concern for this team. Um, just protecting them because obviously they're not, not going to contend for anything this year. A, a win for them would just be making it out with uh, uh, Lawrence still healthy. So, you know, I think there are some encouraging pieces that I mentioned. I think he'll have some good weapons uh, on in the wide receiver room, but um, overall, I, I think there are some good pieces to talk about. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm glad you touched about the uh, offensive line too because he, Trevor's taken some hits so far in the preseason. I don't know if you watch any of their games, but he's taken some big hits, and it's just the preseason. So um, I'm glad you mentioned Joe Burrow because I hope I hope Lawrence doesn't go down with an injury like Burrow did because so far in the preseason, at least Burrow hasn't looked, or at least in training camp by all accounts. I think he's playing his first preseason game. I think this week, um, by all accounts, Burrow hasn't looked like the same guy. So that's that's a little worrisome if you're a Jaguars fan because the Jags' offensive line is not good, um, really at all. And and their receiver room, yeah, it's not awful. I know a lot of people are out on DJ Chark, um, but I, I don't I don't think he's that bad. Uh, you and you mentioned too, James Robinson. Um, I think he's going to have a really good season. Uh, there's a lot of talk, I know, from us that maybe he'd get traded because they signed ETN, but now he gets – or drafted to ETN. Now he gets to be the RB1 again, most likely. There has been some hype about Carlos Hyde potentially being the you know 1A or 1B to Robinson's 1A, which I don't love that news. But Robinson has a great opportunity now to, to really show that last year wasn't just a fluke. 
um, especially behind a brutal offensive line. And hopefully, I don't think he's the long-term answer there. I think there's a reason they drafted ETN first or in the first round. He's their future guy. But if Robinson's able to have a really nice season, he's potentially could get traded in the offseason to an even better situation. So I think that's really hopeful for him. Um, and in the receiver room, like I said, I know I kind of briefly started to mention it a second ago, and then I kind of went on a tangent there. But I, they're just, I feel like they're a bunch of twos and threes. If I think if they had like a one like bona fide guy, um, then this would be a really nice receiver room. But it's it's solid, right? I think LaVisca, uh, Chark, Jones, they're solid like secondary options to like a big name piece. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins. I have his jersey on right now. Some flag like that. So maybe that's something that they look at in the offseason, either through the draft um, or through free agency. I don't know who would want to come to Jacksonville, but maybe that as well. So, um, but yeah, there's. It's unfortunately for Jacksonville fans, at least for one more season, it's going to be much more just looking to the future and looking to the next season. You're hoping that Trevor Lawrence uh, is going to look good and look as good as the generational prospect that he's been hyped up as since he was like a junior in high school. Um, I'm I'm definitely excited to watch him play because he's he's at least for as long as I can remember, he's the most hyped prospect. I mean, I've been hearing about this guy for years now. It's going to be really fun to finally see him um, play NFL football, but. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to add about Jackson before we get into our record predictions? Yeah, I, I did. I just want to touch on Urban Meyer quite a, a little bit because oh, yeah. you brought you brought him up at the beginning. Uh, I'm still very much, you know, not a fan of the hire. I think you might be on that same boat as me. Chris is actually the highest on us. Uh, if you watch our uh, ranking the um, coaching hires episode from way back when, uh, Chris was actually had him first on his list. I had him second, um, just because the name brand value, I think, and then you had him at uh, four. Um, behind Arthur Smith, Salah, and uh, Dan Campbell. So, you know, <laughs> I think I, I do. I, I still agree with my takes from back then. I think you know he is a name value. And I think he will buy uh, sell tickets. Um, that's also why he signed uh, Tebow and sold a lot of jerseys, even though they'll be useless now. But uh, I don't think he'll live out his entire contract. I think you know he'll probably get fired or retire um, before his full uh, contract is over. And this is just a side note, like. Looking at the episode of coaching hires, none of them have really uh, stood out from the pack. I think all of them are still like not great or are working through it. Urban Meyer uh, being a part of that list and still kind of hanging out in that tier, kind of disappointing because I think many people might have expected more from him. But uh, I, for one, don't think this will be out, uh, be very well for him. Yeah, I, I agree. And I stand by everything I said in that episode as well. Um, If you haven't checked out that episode, I think we did it back in, what, February? So go back on the channel and, and view it if you want to hear more of our thoughts on all the coaching hires. But, um, yeah, I, I stand by everything I said in that episode. Urban Meyer is a known guy where the going gets tough and he's not winning games and things aren't going his way. He, you know, he has some head issue or whatever, and then he retires. That's what happens with him. Um, by all accounts, he does not handle adversity well at all. Um, and he's, I mean, I know everyone likes to talk about how the lions are the worst franchise in the NFL. And there's very much, there's a lot of proof to back that up, but Jaguars aren't far behind, right? They're not a great franchise either. So he's, he's, he's in a really tough situation and, um, uh, it's going to be inter really interesting to see, um, if he's able to handle it better and shut up a lot of the doubters. Cause he's saying, he's yeah, saying well, all the right things, but yeah. I don't know. This team is not a winner. This will be the first team he had that is not a winner yeah. at all. So, like you mentioned, there will be adversity, and we'll see how he handles it. 
Yeah, and there's also reports, too, that just came out yesterday as well, saying how players are not a fan of Urban Meyer's college ways, I believe is what they said. So, um, And this is something that we've heard a lot from several different college coaches. Even Pete Carroll, back when he was with the Patriots years ago, back in the 90s, there were some reports that Pete Carroll's college ways, they didn't love it. Um, and you look go over to the NBA, John Beeline was a great coach for Michigan. He got a head coaching job with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and players didn't like it there's a lot of guys who go try to go to the professional leagues after go, having success in college and just doesn't work so um it could be the same for urban you never nick saban too is another guy when he was with the dolphins back before he went to alabama another guy so um yeah it's gonna be definitely interesting to see but i I've, i think we maybe did this on the episode too we put like uh at a line for how many years he'll be here i still i think i i'm gonna say probably like two three years tops in my opinion, I don't think he's unless Trevor is just like it's, he just sets the world on fire right away and they win. Like, I think if they win six or seven games this year, then I, maybe I he's going to maybe live out that contract. But um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. But I think more so the hire was to to get people amped up about Jacksonville, to get people talking about Jacksonville, because I definitely know I'm more excited about them this year than I was last year. Um, and that's not saying much, but still, there's going to be more butts in the seats, at least for the first few weeks of the season, because they have Lawrence as their quarterback and Urban as their uh, as their head coach. But I think we spent way too much time on Jacksonville for one episode, but they do have some interesting storylines. Um, so I'm going to jump in now to our uh, predictions for their record. Um, I have them at four and 13, so not a great season, but slight improvement from last year. Um, they do have a relatively tough schedule. Um, this this whole division does for the most part. Um, so I have them at four and thirteen. And then Chris is a little bit higher on them, literally by one game. He's got them going five and twelve. So we're basically in the same boat there. Um, Roman, what's your record for the Jags? Yeah, I have them at four and thirteen, just like you. So nothing much to add there. Okay, so I think I can't speak for Chris, but I think we're all pretty much in the same boat then. We think they're going to be exciting, entertaining, um, but still a little bit better than last year, but still not a good football team by any means. Um, So now we'll hop in now to the probably the second best team in this division, spoiler alert, to my record predictions, but yet the Indianapolis Colts. Um, They were 11-5 and last year. Um, Chris and I were very high on them. I know you were lower on them, but they I think they had a – Slightly disappointing season, I would say, um, based on how Chris and I projected them. I think Chris might have had them going to the Super Bowl. I might be mistaken there, but he had them going far. I had them going very far as well. And they made the playoffs. They, they won 11-5, very successful season, but they did lose in the wild card round. They put up a heck of a fight against the Bills, but came up just short on that final Hail Mary. Um, and then obviously, we don't have him here, but in terms of key subtractions, Phillip Rivers retired. Um, after the end of the season, he, even though I thought he was relatively solid for them last year. Um, and in Phillip Rivers' place, um, they added Carson Wentz in a trade very early in the offseason um, with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Wentz um, was injured early on in training camp. Um, I believe he had surgery, and the hope is he's going to be back re- relatively soon. Um, so that's positive news because that injury did look scary when it first happened. Um, I'm sure we're going to get into talking about him in a second, but I am excited to see hopefully one stays healthy because I'm excited to see what he does with a new offense with Frank Wright once Frank Reich once again. Um, in terms of also additions, they added Quiddy Pay in the first round of the draft, Eric Fisher from the Chiefs, Antoine Woods, and Malik Jefferson. Uh, key subtractions along with Philip Rivers, um, they lost Justin Houston and Malik Hooker. So some decent notable guys they lost, but they also brought in a lot as well. So 
since you start us off with the Jags, I can start us off with the Colts. I'm not as high on this team as I was last year, but I still think they're very solid. Um, if Eric Fisher is able to stay healthy, I do like their offensive line. I'm a little worried about their receiving room. They don't have a ton of options there, but if Michael Pittman is able to really pop off and, and really show a lot of the promise that we were hyping him up to have last year in his second year um, in the NFL, I really like this receiving room a lot more. Um, they also still have, I believe, Eric, um, Eric Pascal, Paris Campbell, um, and T.Y. Hilton, who is obviously a bigger name, but he's very old. Um, so I, I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, the tight ends too. They got Jack Doyle, who's I think he's a solid option there. Tight end Mo Alley Cox as well. And they have a beast in the running. They have a really nice running back room. They got Jonathan Taylor as the number one. Naeem Hines is the number two. I think he'd be a number one in, in other places. I think he's a really good running back. And they got Marlon Mack coming back from injury too, who's a solid guy, solid debt piece for sure, in my opinion. So um, it's really, I think offensively, it's really going to come down to Carson Wentz. If he stays healthy, um, which he's already hurt, which isn't great. Um, but if he stays healthy, I mean, we saw when he was with Frank Reich last time, and I think Chris and I kind of talked about this when we broke down the trade a few months ago um, in our update video. When he was with Frank Reich, he was an MVP. He led the Eagles to the Super Bowl. I know he got hurt there at the end of the year, but he was the guy. I mean, he was the MVP. And then once Frank Reich left, it slowly kind of went downhill for Wentz. And obviously we saw last year where he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the, in the entire NFL. So if he's able to stay healthy, um, I know there's some character problems behind the scenes with Wentz that people don't like him and he's kind of full of himself and yada, yada, yada. But if he's able to kind of handle those issues, become a better person and stay healthy, I think he could have a really, really successful season here with the Colts. Um, and I think if that's the case, I think there's no reason why this team can't win the division and compete for a Super Bowl again. Um, I, I really believe that. Do I completely think that Wentz is going to pop off this year? Not entirely, but I still think that the upside is definitely there. Um, and then in terms of the defense, it's still a solid unit as well. Um, and I think it's going to – they've lost some guys, but they also added some guys. Quiddy Pay was a beast for Michigan. I'm really excited to see what he can do with the Colts. Um, so, yeah, I think overall this is a solid team, um, and it's really just going to come down on this. It, I feel like we're kind of having the same conversation that we had last year, uh, with, but it was with Phillip Rivers. If the team's there, if Phillip Rivers is ever able to perform, um, they're going to be a playoff team, compete for Super Bowls. And Rivers not didn't completely deliver on that, but did, did a pretty good job. Um, I think it's the same thing for Wentz. I think it's even greater for Wentz. If he's able to be the MVP, we saw it before. They won, the Eagles won the Super Bowls, and the Colts could definitely win a Super Bowl and maybe shock the world. Um, but I've talked a lot about the Colts. I, I like them a lot. What are your thoughts on them? No, I definitely agree. I like this team a lot. I think Wentz is obviously an upgrade over Phillip Rivers. Like you mentioned, though, I do think Rivers had a decent season last year. Um, but Colts fans better uh, expect or want him to be like a superstar because that's what like that's what they're hoping he would be now with Frank Reich. Uh, and now that they have high expectations, you know, they were in the playoffs last year. Um, they want to win the division. I think they can. Um, however, I think you know while the defense is going to be their their uh, main improvement, main, main attraction of that team. I think the offensive injuries could be the downfall entirely. Obviously, Wentz avoided a major injury. He was supposed to come, or he was supposed to be out injured maybe until halfway through the season, but now he looks like he'll be back week one. Um, in terms of the offensive line, actually, Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly, both mainstays on that line, are actually nursing injuries. Uh, and their uh, status for week one is still questionable. We don't even know if they'll be back week one. So if they miss any significant time, Nelson especially, that could be uh, pretty damaging, as well as Fisher, who was out for the Super Bowl. So hopefully he's 100% for sure. But the offensive line looks good on paper. However, if they're injured and not fully functioning, that could be a, a, big, a main a big problem. Uh, like you mentioned, um, I think you know Pittman's the only uh, notable receiver on that team. So that could be a 
not great in terms of receiving weapons, but um, you'd expect Jonathan Taylor to make a huge leap this year. I do like Hines as well. Um, and then Mac obviously coming off in the Achilles, so hopefully he can contribute in some way. But, yeah, the defense will have to carry this team, in my opinion. Um, they're my second-place team in the division, but I think they have the improvement or the upside to maybe take on Tennessee for the division uh, title. But it all depends on Wentz and his status, um, if he if he's back to his old self or if he's still carrying that some of that drama and that ego from last year um, to Indy. But I think this team will be very notable. I think Wentz is a lot of pressure on him. Um, so I, I'm interested to seeing how he performs under that and if he can you know, improve the team uh, as a whole and get them to the playoffs and maybe a playoff win too. And I mean – there's been a lot of top. There's a lot of top picks that got traded this past offseason. Wentz, Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, um, and Wentz has obviously been hurt. But I know with Goff and Darnold, there has been some reports from camp where the humbling and the chip on their shoulder has grown because the team that drafted them gave up on them. And these are both Darnold and, and Goff, and also Wentz are guys that never really faced any adversity. Um, so that it was actually kind of good for them. And I know Goff hasn't looked great in camp, um, but Darnold, um, by all accounts, has really kind of taken that by the horn. So really, it's up to Wentz. I mean, he, he could kind of take that adversity um, and, and do well, or he could be like, like kind of like you said, where if he's still has that huge ego and still thinks he's awesome, I mean, that's going to be some issues and the team's not going to succeed. But uh, yeah, I think the defense is going to be solid. I don't think there's too many question marks on that side of the ball. Um, the offense, though, as you and I both already kind of mentioned, the the offensive line, the receiving group, and even the running back room, to an extent, if the offensive line is dismantled, I mean, you need a good offensive line to have a solid running game. So no matter how talented Taylor and Hines are, if that offensive line is injured and not good, it's they're not going to run the ball as well as they maybe potentially could. Um, and then same thing with Wentz. We saw last year he was a brutal, beaten-up offensive line in Philadelphia. Wentz would you know, run 45 yards the opposite direction and then throw an interception or get sacked, and it was just a mess. So he doesn't handle pressure greatly. So um, it's really – the offensive line is going to be key. And the same thing with the receivers, as we already said. There's, it's not a great receiving room on paper, at least. But it has the potential to be good. So, um, But, yeah, I think the, the question marks that we've gone over, I feel like, in-depth already – um, are the reason why I don't have them as my first place team. Um, I have, I still have them having a really good record though. I have them going 11 and five. Um, I still think they're going to have a successful season that is contingent on Wentz being healthy. Um, if he's not healthy, I mean, they're going to have Jake Luton or pro I think that he's their backup, right? Or no, it's a Jake Luton. No, Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason. I knew there was a Jake. I was like, I got him messed up, but yeah, Jake, Jacob Eason is the backup. Um, if he's the back, if he plays, I, I have them probably being more like a six, seven win team, to be honest. Um, cause you need a good quarterback to succeed. But I think if Wentz stays healthy, I got them going 11, five, exactly how they did last year. They're going to be a wild card team. Um, I'll mention Chris's um, record briefly as well. He's got them 10 and seven. So slightly below me, but we're kind of in the same ballpark, similar to how we were with the Jags. But what do you, where do you have the Colts going here? I, I will mention though that for your record, you didn't take into account the extra game as opposed to eleven and five, maybe a twelve and five or eleven and six. True. But I wrote down eleven and six. I don't know why I said eleven and five. So yes, eleven and six. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, for for me though, I I kind of assumed you know for my predictions that they'd be a wild card team. But as I was going through their schedule, I I just didn't it didn't turn out that way. And I'm surprised with the record I came up with. Uh, according to what I did, I have them at nine and eight, which you know might be surprising or maybe lower than some people might think. Um, but I think their schedule isn't very uh, favorable, in my opinion. But I do think, obviously, if Wentz is good enough, they could absolutely blow that uh, record out of the water. But 
um, yeah, I'm surprised I have a nine and eight, nine and eight myself, but I guess it's, I gotta, I gotta live with it now. Yeah, I know. I do know. Looking at their schedule, like the their first half of their schedule is brutal. Like it's tough. I think they, I think they play the Bills. They might even play the Chiefs. If I, I I don't remember off the top of my head, but they play some really solid teams there to start the year. And then the second half of the season, it gets a little bit easier. Um, they play the Jags. They play the Texans a lot. Um, they play some some of the easier teams, at least on paper in the league. I think they play the Patriots, which. I like the Patriots, but I don't know. I think the Colts on paper, as long as ones is healthy, are probably better than the Pats. So um, it gets a little bit easier there down the stretch. And that's kind of why I have them winning 11. I think they're going to get off to maybe a slower start, but then they're going to kind of gain speed. But nine and eight isn't terribly lower than where Chris or I had them. I mean, we, I have them, I have them 11. Chris has them at 10. You have them at nine. We're all kind of in that same ballpark for the most part, but um, it's definitely going to be a fun team to watch, though. I think there's a lot of there's a wide range of outcomes for this team. They could be a Super Bowl contender, or they could miss the playoffs. Um, and it's really going to come down to that guy number two. He looks weird with number two, in my opinion, uh, Carson Wentz. But uh, do you have anything else you want to add for the Colts before we hop into the Titans? All right, let's go into the Titans then. Uh, so Tennessee Titans, they also finished 11 and five last year, but they did win the division. But they also lost in the wild card round. I'm in that very entertaining game against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and this was one of the more active teams in the offseason. So in terms of key additions, they added Bud Dupree. They had probably one of the biggest trades, at least, of the offseason, Julio Jones, uh, who's also pictured right there. He does look kind of weird in the number two as well. Maybe I just have a thing with the number two. Um, then they also got Caleb Farley in the draft, uh, Janoris Jenkins, Josh Reynolds, and Bradley, Bradley McDougald. Um, key subtractions, they lost J- Javion Clowney, in my opinion, one of the most overrated players in the NFL. Uh, Corey Davis, in my opinion, one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Uh, Malcolm Butler, Adoree Jackson, and Adam Humphreys. Uh, so a lot of moving parts here with the Titans. Um, I'll let you start us off here with it since I started us off with the Colts. So what are your thoughts on this? the somewhat same Titans, but also a little bit different Titans? Yeah, they've been very active, obviously. Um, they've gotten they've lost a lot of players, but they have also gotten upgrades at those same positions. I, I think, obviously, when you, when you trade out uh, Corey Davis for Julio Jones, that's definitely an upgrade. Um, Chris will tell you that's an absolute upgrade. Uh, because he hates him a lot, but uh, I do, I like their other additions as well. Caleb Farley, who was injured on draft day, so hopefully he's good now. Joris Jenkins, I don't think that's a bum signing either. I think he can contribute now that they lost two corners and they filled them with both guys, um, with Farley and Jenkins. Uh, Josh Reynolds, I like the signing. Uh, I think he'll even contribute. Um, I thought he was going to contribute even before they trade for Julio. So I think they'll both. I think the wide receiver room is kind of set with Jones, uh, AJ Brown, and, and Reynolds. I think that's a good trio. Um, running backs, obviously, you can't nothing much, nothing much to say about Derrick Henry. I think he'll actually have a, a same like a, a same season. I don't think he'll regress that much. Um, whereas many people think he'll regress a lot, I think he'll be able to contribute quite a bit. Um, obviously, Arthur Smith isn't there anymore, so they might not run it as much. Um, they, might, they might put the game more in Tannehill's hands, who we who's he, who he's proven to actually be able to do that. Um, I think whereas last year, I think it was more of a concern whether he could actually uh, replicate what he did, but either year before. I think he's one of the, like the a, a consistent, uh, confident quarterback, so you can say that he'll have a good season. So um, I was sort of down on him last year, but I now I'm I'm fully confident in him this year. Uh, and when Bud Dupree, obviously that's a good uh, signing as well, um, filling up the line, another linebacker uh, linebacking spot, uh, and obviously losing Clowney, who you don't you think he's overrated? I think he was just rated, so I think he was a, a good a, a good a decent loss as well. Um, but overall, I think you know they made a lot of 
big signings. They lost a lot of key players. Uh, I don't think that will result in much of a change in their status in the division. Obviously, I still have them winning the division. But in terms of record, I have them, I don't want to get too ahead of it, but I already have uh, them at an even 11-6. and six. So um, pretty level, I think, compared to before. But I think, you know, they do. They have enough to replicate and, and go back to back. Yeah, I mean, you touched on everything. I, I agree with everything you said. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Josh Reynolds, too, because I think he was – a little underrated last year for the Rams. I thought he was a solid receiver. Um, and I think he can slide right into that Adam Humphreys, Corey Davis role. And then Julio, and you obviously got Julio Jones just chilling there too. So um, much improved receiver core. We haven't even, I, I don't know, forgive me. You might you probably mentioned him, but AJ Brown too. Obviously they got him. Awesome receiver. Um, and I, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be a really good team. Ryan Tannehill, I think is still underrated at quarterback somehow. I mean, he's been a top 10 quarterback now for, over you know a season and a half, basically two full seasons. Um, he's been really good MVP candidate. I think he'll be right there, back there again. Same with Derrick Henry's a beast. Um, their offensive line is solid. It's really gonna. If, I mean, I have them winning the division. I have them, you know, obviously making the playoffs. The thing that's gonna separate them from just being a playoff team like they were last year and a true Super Bowl contender, which I think they have the potential to be, is their defense. Their defense was so bad last year. Um, and Jadavion Clowney, even though I do think he's overrated because it's like, oh, Jadavion Clowney got traded. It's like, all right, he's he's a good player, but he's not. I don't think he's as good as people say he is. He had that one monster hit in the South Carolina Michigan Outback Bowl eight years ago. Everyone see, you know, he's ridden that high to the first overall pick and all that stuff since then. He's a solid player, but I think he's a bit overrated. Um, but he's still going to be missed, I think. Malcolm Butler, too. He's similarly, I feel like he's kind of riding that high of the Super Bowl Patriots interception. And he, he's solid, but I don't think he's elite as people like to think he is. Um, but they did, I think they addressed that stuff, though, too, in the draft. Caleb Farley, as well as um, signing Bud Dupree, getting Janoris Jenkins. I, I think those are good signings. Um, but I'm a little questioning whether they did enough on the defensive side of the ball to improve. Because like I said, they did lose some pieces and it's and they added some guys too, but were, was that enough to make it um, not the absolute brutal force that it brutal unit it was last year? Because the offense and I'll actually I know you wait, you have you have something to say. I know you have something to say. What do you want to say? I was just gonna say, well, you mentioned the defense. I think it's the pass rush specifically that that might be the key factor for me in terms of defense yeah. because losing Colony, like he was probably their only source of production last year. Um, and now you get rid of him. I mean, Dupree is a good signing. He'll contribute a lot. But then what else do you have? Like Jeffrey yeah. Simmons, Evans. I mean, who else? Like they don't have a pass rush. So I think that might be the only reason that they might not do good this year or not win any playoff games. Yeah, and that's. That's why, I mean, I'll say what my record is for them right now, since you said yours. I have them going 12 and 5. So I have them winning the division, but they're only one game better than the Colts. And I think so if some of the things we talked about with the Colts, we have a good defense. If those things bounce right, I think very easily the Colts could win this division because the Titans' defense is just not great. It's not great. And also, offensively, as I was about to say, um, they lost Arthur Smith. I mean, I'm really interested to see. I mean, he was a really good offensive coordinator. I'm interested to see how that kind of impacts them um, because yeah, on paper, the talent is there. The offense can be a top five, top three unit. Like it was last year. Um, however, I mean, will they still run the ball? Is Derrick Henry going to fall off? Cause you keep just running him into the ground year after year. Eventually as history has shown these running backs, they really, when they fall off a cliff, they really fall off the cliff. Let's look at Todd Gurley. who's still not signed. 
Is that going to happen with Derrick Henry this year? It might not. I've been, I said the same thing last season about the Titans, and they proved me wrong, and they were really good. And now they also have Julio. But Julio also has injury issues. It's there's a, And A.J. Brown has injury issues. There's a lot of a lot of question marks with this team. I think it's, in terms of our division winners, this is probably the one division winner that at least I have that I'm the most concerned about. Maybe the NFC East, with the I think I had Washington football team as my division winner there. Um, that's probably the one other division winner that I'm, I'm very hesitant about, but the Titans, I'm, I'm pretty hesitant about them too. I'm, I think they're going to be a good team still. I got the win in 12 games, but um, there's a lot of things that could go wrong for this team, I think. And this just might be an overreaction, but the Titans also actually have a COVID outbreak right now that, you know, Vrabel is sidelined, Tannehill is sidelined. And if that goes into the season, that could cause some major problems. But um, hopefully they get those two back before the season. Obviously, Vrabel isn't playing or anything, but Vrabel was a, is a good coach. I think he was a great signing by Tennessee. Yeah, he's a good coach, but I got to tell you what, man, he's got to get this stuff under control because they're the team that had the yep. massive outbreak last year, too. It's like that is true. 31 teams are able to get this thing for the most part under control, and Tennessee's always having these outbreaks. I mean, I get it's dangerous, and it's, you know, you got to do what you got to do, and it's, you know, you, but the fact that 31 teams are able to control it relatively, and Tennessee keeps having these outbreaks, and I know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but last year, I think, wasn't it because people weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing? And yeah. They weren't, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that's not the case this year. Hopefully everyone stays healthy and gets healthy, normal. But like, come on, guys, you gotta you gotta do a little bit better in that regard, making sure you're staying healthy and keeping safe. Um, but yeah, that's another that's another kind of wrench to throw in them. So um, the more we're talking about this, and maybe the Colts are my division winner. But I, I'm just kidding. I, I'm just looking at the Titans as my division winner at twelve and six, but um, or twelve and five, or yeah, twelve and five. Excuse me. All these new, this is all these numbers, man. These this schedule, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I have them. I still have them going twelve and five, and still have having them have having them win the division and make the playoffs. But there's there's some question marks. I know everyone's excited about this team. It's gonna be fun to watch Julio and AJ team up, but um, there are some definite concerns. Um, and then Chris has them also going um eleven and six. He is he has them as his division winner as well. But it seems like at least because there's only a game separating them and him and them and the Colts and his standings. Um, I'm assuming he's probably in the same boat as us where there are some question marks still with this team for him, but I'll, we saved the best for last baby. The final team that we're going to go on in this division, the Houston Texans um, last year, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm surprised they won four games. I mean, the way we talked about this, I think it's because I think you, I know, you, I know not to bring up a sensitive subject. I know you had them making the playoffs last year. You had them win the division. Um, yeah. And then we, we really kind of smashed on you for the whole year. Um, but just the way we talked about them and maybe because they were so disappointing, um, I thought they won like two games. So when we, like when I was doing my research, I was like, they won four games last year. That's actually kind of a lot. Um, but yeah, they weren't good. They were just, there was so much front office drama. There was, all sorts of things. And then the off season, it continued at first, which feels like eons ago. And it was only a few months ago. Deshaun Watson requested a trade. He was posting pictures of him with San Francisco. He was going to go to Denver. He was going to go all these different places. And then uh, 20, I think it was 28. Uh, there's a lot. At least 20, Too many to count. Yeah. Quite a few. Ridiculous amount. Um, sexual assault charges were filed against Watson. At the time of this recording, it still has not come out as what's going on with those. Um, it's probably going to be uh, lots of legal and lots of uh, hearings and everything like that over the next probably years, potentially. Um, so Deshaun Watson, I mean, we have him there. I mean, that's, that's, he looks pretty depressed and that's how it is. Right. I mean, he's um, it's, it's so, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Cause he went from on top of the world and then 
I guess it just shows you that these athletes and really anyone in the in the public eye, you never really know who the, the type of person they are behind the scenes. And Watson is, by all accounts, not a great guy, obviously, when you have 28 sexual assaults charges against you um, from massage therapists just by just being a creepy, creepy guy, which is just not good. So um, really, I don't really want to talk about, two, I don't want to bring it, the episode down by any means, but I feel like we have to talk about it. So um, yeah, so Deshaun Watson in terms of contractions we don't know what's going to happen with him. Is he going to play for the Texans again? There's some rumors going around that there's still teams that want to trade for him. I think namely Denver is the big team that's linked to him, at least right now. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see, but um, yeah, it's not, not great there for outside of football. It's not, a, not a great situation, but, um, and the weird thing is that was like, that was just another, another thing in a, just a really bad off season for the Texans. They also hired, um, I can't even, think of the top what's the what's their new coach's I think, name I, I think david cully i think david cully. I, I knew i was uh, i was gonna say david scully but that's not <laughs> scully's the character from uh brooklyn 99 um but yeah so i i yeah so they hired probably because no one heard of this guy and then he got hired probably because nobody wanted this job um there was some eric b enemy rumors when deshaun watson was there and then once the other stuff happened he's like nah i'm good like I mentioned, there's front office drama. It's just a mess. Um, but somehow they feel, they still found guys to sign, key additions. Um, so we'll do that real quick. Shaq Lawson, Marcus Cannon, Christian Kirksey, Malik Collins, um, the dynamic running back duo, Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram. And, of course, Tyrod Taylor, because we always have to have the Tyrod Taylor conversation every single offseason because he somehow finds starting jobs. Credit to his agent because his agent's an amazing Amazing salesman is able to find Tyrod these starting gigs because it's insane that we're having the same conversation for the fourth year in a row. It feels like because there was the Browns, there was uh, what was the Chargers, and then now there's the Buffalo. Texans. So oh yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. It's insane. Um, I completely forgot about the Josh Allen drama with him in Buffalo. It's Tyrod Taylor. Shout out to your agent. Um, the keys of attractions already mentioned: Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt. Randall Cobb, Darren Fells, and Benardrick McKinney. So really quick, I'm just going to throw in my analysis of this team. They're going to be really bad. They, you know, they have nothing on either side of the ball. Have to wait and see what happens with Tyrod Taylor. I don't think he's the guy. I'm more interested to see Davis Mills, if he gets in there, see what they do. Um, I, w- I mean, I was actually talking about this with Chris the other night. I would love to see Gardner Minshew. Like, I don't know. I know division in division trades aren't common, but get Minshew mania into, into Houston and see what he does. I mean, I think he's a better Davis Mills. We don't know. He was pretty good with Stanford. Um, he was a lot of people liked him coming out of the draft. He, maybe he's going to be good, but uh, Minshew, I think it's definitely better than Taylor. So let's see him get in there and see what happens. But um, Brandon cooks, hopefully he gets traded. I think he's a really good receiver, had a really solid year last year. Um, but it's really him and nothing else on the offense. They got Ingram. They got Lindsey. Um, they got Nico Collins, got, baby. Yeah, they got David Johnson still too in the running back. Oh, he, he actually had a solid year last year. I feel like people disrespect him a lot, but he's. I mean, David Johnson and Brandon Cooks are going to be carrying this offense, which is. I don't know how I feel about that. The offensive line is not good. The defense is not good. Obviously, they lost JJ Watt. They're probably the greatest Texan of all time. Um, so yeah, just not. Not a lot of stuff going on. They did add Shaq Lawson, though, to kind of replace J.J. Watt, which is not a bad move. But overall, I think this is going to be a really bad team. In my opinion, the worst team in the NFL. Um, we'll see that when I go when I say my record in a second here. But um, do you have? Are you all in on the Texans again, like you were last year? Do you have? Are you have you have you lowered your expectations a little bit? I look really, really bad after after that season. After I hugged him up so much, so I'm going to take the opposite approach. 
Uh, like you mentioned, they are my worst team in the NFL. I'm very surprised though how how many signings they got. But let's be honest, they're all bottom of the bargain bin signings. I mean, nothing really notable. I'm disappointed that Lindsay actually signed with this team. He could have done better somewhere else. Yeah. That's my opinion. Um, solid, solid back. I, I, there's no guarantee he'll even start out of, out of the three-headed monster of David Johnson, Lindsey, and Ingram, where he could have started many other places, Miami notably, I'd say. But uh, subtraction's obviously huge. Deshaun Watson, who obviously, you know, with the legal action, legal stuff happening, like it, it might not happen right away because you might, in terms of suspension, like you have to wait and see how it plays out. He might actually be active during the season. However, I've heard rumors that he might be like a, a healthy stretch per se because He's healthy. He's there. He's still participating, but he's working with like the third, fourth string, uh, and they're not going to trade him anytime soon. So he might just be a healthy scratch the entire season, unless he's suspended by by the commissioner. But so much to follow, I guess. Um, Watson, notably. Um, but I'm just going to get right to the chase. I have him at one in sixteen. Uh, I think you might agree with me there. Actually, I got them going two and fifteen. I oh got wow! Them one more game. I think I think they might snag one against the Jags. Um, and I think they play, they play, I can't remember the schedule off the top of my head. They play another team that's not good. And I was like, yeah, I'll give them another win. It seems like these teams are able to find wins sometimes. But I guess, I mean, the, the Jags only won one game last year. So it's definitely possible. But like the Jets, you know how bad the Jets were last year. And I think David Cully, we don't know who he is, but he's definitely a better coach than Adam Gase, right? He has to be. So I think he can, he can find two wins, right? Every team can find two wins. So I got them going two and 15. Um, and Chris also agrees with me as well. He's got them going two and 15 as well. Um, I don't think, I think we pretty t- touched on everything. The, the in drama, the fight, I mean, we could probably spend weirdly enough, probably 45 minutes just talking about the Texans and everything that's happened, all the drama that's happened this off season. But I think we spent enough time on them for this episode. Do you have anything else you want to add for them before we hop and do our, okay. Seeing, seeing your shake your head, which I am completely fine with. So let's do our final standing predictions here for the AFC South. Um, so I'll do mine first real quick. So I have the Titans at 12 and five, the Colts at 11 and six, then a huge drop off to the Jags at four and 13 and the Texans at two and 15. Um, and then Chris is kind of in the same boat for the most part with me. Um, same order, just different records. Uh, Titans at 11 and six Colts at 10 and seven Jags at five and 12. And then the Texans at two and 15. Um, and then I think you have, you have the same order too, but also different records. So what, what are your final predictions? Yeah, I have the Titans at eleven and six, Colts at nine and eight, Jags at four and thirteen, and the Texans at one and sixteen. First pick in the twenty twenty two NFL draft. Yep, yep, and that's going to be exciting for Texans fans, right? You got to be excited about that. Last time they had the first, I feel like they had the first overall pick a lot because they had they drafted David Carr way back in the day, and then they also got Jadavion Clowney too, relatively recently. Um, but yeah, I think this might be, I might be mistaken but this might be the first episode that we have where i think we're the same order across the board um the records, are, the records are different but we have the same order so um yeah, yeah it's nice that we're we're on lock except for once i guess but um let's do before we get out of here let's do the fantasy faves um, of this division um you and i were talking right before the episode this is probably the worst division for fantasy i mean there's the titans and then there's kind of some nice pieces sprinkled across the other three teams, in my opinion, at least. The Colts have some nice guys, too, I guess. But um, So I'll let you start us off there here. Who is your fantasy pick of the division? Well, this was going to be my honorable mention, but I'll bring him up now just so we can start off on a high note and then work our way down. Uh, I would, Well, it's not my guy. I'll talk about James Robinson just for a second, with obviously with ETN being hurt. Uh, Robinson's going to go sliding right back to where he was last season. I think we'll have another great season. Um, if, he, if he's able to replicate, he'll definitely secure himself another roster spot. 
uh, next season and probably compete even more with ETN in terms of touches, whereas it was kind of trending ETN's way this year. I think next year it can be more of an even split than it ever was before. But I do like Robinson a lot for fantasy this year. Those who got him late in drafts, good for you. Um, you lucky, you lucky people. So um, good on that. My, my other player I wanted to mention, it's going to sound really bad. Uh, we just talked about the team, but I mean, Cooks could, Brandon Cooks could be viable in terms of fantasy this year as wide receiver. Definitely not going in my starting lineup. Definitely better off as a wide receiver four or five. But if you snag him pretty late in drafts, um, he'll be the, one of the only producers on that team. I mean, Tyrod Taylor has to throw the ball to someone. It's going to be Cooks. I, I liked him last year. He had a good season. Uh, he can definitely maybe do it again. However, that's more of a boomer bust pick than, than anyone I've ever talked about on fantasy before. Um, so hopefully he does a good, has a good season. Like you mentioned, he could be traded. Oh, what's up? Oh, real quick. Um, I just, did you look at my honorable mention list before we did this episode? Because I had James Robinson and Brandon Cooks as my two honorable mentions to two guys oh. that I really like. So hopefully you didn't snag my main guy. So I'm interested to see what you got here. Oh. But um, well, Cooks, well, Cooks was my main guy, but that's, that's all I wanted to say. Oh, I thought, excuse me. I thought you said he was your honorable mention. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Brandon Cooks, I really like him. I actually... So our redraft league, it's a two flex. So you have to have two guys in the flex. I actually have um, in my fourth flex, Brandon Cooks, because I think I think he's going to be semi-relevant, I think. I think he's a really solid option. He's going super late in drafts. I got him way late. Um, I think people are kind of forgetting about him, him and David Johnson, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I, I like I like Brandon Cooks a lot. And James Robinson, too. I also I traded low for him, actually, and then I was able to sell him for some – nice pieces recently so um shout out to all those guys who either drafted him low or, or traded or bought low on him either redraft or dynasty or dynasty wise i don't know why i said dynasty um but yeah so i, I really liked all those picks though roman um sorry to cut you off there did you have anything else you wanted to add about cooks or robinson no i'm good i mean obviously it depends on who the quarterback is i think tyrod taylor would help cooks out a little bit um whether it's mills i think they can give him the ball too so um Cooks will, will obviously be the wide receiver on that team. So he's definitely a, a late round shot um, and might, he may be able to be produ- productive, maybe more so in uh, PPR format, just because I don't think they're scoring upside is, is that much. Uh, I don't think they'll yeah. be scoring a whole lot of games, but they will be passing light in games. That's for sure. So maybe that'll give Cooks an advantage in terms of receptions and yards. Yeah, I, I would say too with Cooks, um, I'm, as a Cooks owner, I'm hoping that he gets traded to a different team because I think that could really help him out. That's very possible. We've seen, you know, receivers in midseason like Golden Tate a few years ago. It's not uncommon that a receiver gets traded from a brutal team to a good team midseason. Um, and also with Cooks, um, I think he's a solid kind of like filler starter to start the year, um, especially if you have some interesting rookie pieces on your bench at receiver like I do. Like I have Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. So I'm hoping I'm banking on them not probably not being super solid to start the year but then end of the year take cooks out throw one of those guys in you're good to go so well don't get don't get us started on jamar chase we'll say that for another yeah, we'll say that for the afc north episode um we already talked about deshaun watson we don't need to talk about the jamar chase but that jamar chase is much more rumor i would say rather than mm-hmm. fact like the watson stuff is um but yeah, so I'll do my fantasy favorite. Um, so mine is as you. I don't have to go over my honorable mentions. You already mentioned Robinson and Cooks. I'll also mention Carson Wentz briefly um, because I think if he stays healthy, I think he could have a really nice uh, quarterback season. Um, and he's virtually going like super late, undrafted basically. So he's a guy that worth t- worth taking a flyer on. But my fantasy pick though is Julio Jones. I think he's going as like a wide receiver two, wide receiver three right now um, in drafts and. 
honestly, like AJ Brown's going as like a bona fide wide receiver one. This might be a hot take. I know Chris loves AJ Brown, but like I don't think they're going to be that much different to my in my opinion in terms of like share. I guess AJ's younger, has less injury concerns as, as than Julio, but I think Julio is still going to be really good. And for you to kind of take be able to take him as your two, three, four um, in in some drafts and be able to kind of he has the potential to be a wide receiver one leveled guy. Um, I love it. I love Julio and AJ equally, but the the draft price of Julio makes him my fantasy favorite um, in this division because I think he's definitely has some clear, clear upside. And if he gets hurt, he's only your wide receiver two or wide receiver three. So it's not not the end of the world if you lose him down to injury. I, I love it. I hated him last year because he was still being taken as a top, top, top guy, like first, second round. I didn't love that draft price, but Julio in the fourth, fifth round, got to love that. Um, and I think he's, he could really help you out in your teams because I think, like I said, I don't think the, I don't think it's going to be that much different. I think it's much going to maybe very much going to be a one, a one B um, in Tennessee between AJ and, and Julio. I can, I can definitely agree with that. I think, you know, the fourth, fifth round, that's super late for Julio compared to obviously where he's been going when he was with Atlanta, obviously in the first couple rounds. Um, the hope though, for AJ Brown owners, at least I can speak on behalf of, the, of those people because I did draft AJ Brown in my redraft. Uh, I guess the hope is, you know, Julio kind of steps into the wide receiver one kind of attracts the the better corner, the, yeah. the corner of the other team. And that's where AJ Brown can excel and maybe be the worth the pick in the second round. Um, but he is nursing uh, a knee injury, although he is expected to be back week one. So if AJ Brown were to miss any time, obviously Julio would be the guy. Uh, but like you mentioned, I think they're both going to get their even amount of targets. Um, However, Julio will be attracting the better corners to him. So maybe that leaves some opportunity for AJ Brown, or even if it's vice versa, it's kind of hard to, it's like pick your poison, really like pick your battles between AJ Brown or, or Julio, you know, the, the big veteran or the, the fast uh, young guy. So I think both are going to be very deadly for that team. Um, and I think both are good. I think both are good fantasy options. Although I think I'm still more interested in seeing how Julio adapts to their scheme and what he looks like and how he gets the ball compared to other players. Um, that's still waiting to be seen, but I think taking a shot on him as a wide receiver too, or even a flex guy would be a, a pretty good option too. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree there. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really interested to see what that, I think it's probably the best receiving one, two punch in the league and definitely the most intriguing, probably the most entertaining too. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Um, and then Chris is sticking with the same team for his fantasy pick. He's got Ryan Tannehill, the guy that's hopefully going to be throwing um, Julio and AJ all the balls uh, throughout the season. Uh, Tannehill, of course, he does have, like you mentioned earlier, he's going to have that, co he's got the COVID, um, he's in the, in the health and safety protocols, all that right now. So hopefully he gets better soon. Um, and is able to be the same. Like I said before, he was an MVP level guy the last two seasons. I mean, if he's that guy, um, and he's definitely got the potential to be that guy because he's got um, Julio and AJ to throw the ball to. So, um, and, and he's, he's not. I'm sorry. And he's not expensive either. I mean, his yeah. draft ADP isn't like super high either. So, um, you can definitely wait on him. Um, maybe to like maybe the sixth, seventh, eighth rounds. I mean, we don't like to take quarterback early, but I think, you know, if you want that positional advantage, go for it. But if you don't get a chance to definitely snag like a Tannehill or like a Stafford later in, in, the, in the round. So I think, I, as I mentioned earlier, I was hyping up Tannehill a lot when we talked about Titans. I think uh, another great season. I think he solidified himself uh, in terms of in real life play and as a fantasy option as well. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you mentioned that it's out, what I was about to mention too, is the draft price. It's, it's virtually nothing. I think, I might be mistaken, but I think in the redraft league that, that Chris and I are in, I believe Tannehill went in the last round and we have like a, it's like a 20 some round draft. I think Tannehill went super late. I know, or maybe no, it was a little bit earlier, it was a little bit earlier, but it was like, it was 
high teens, like mid to high teens. He went super, super late. Um, so if, if you're one of those people that likes to wait on quarterback, he should be there in the, in the, the late rounds, most more than likely. So, um, and the potential there, he was a top, I think he was a top 10 quarterback last year, maybe even top five in terms of fantasy. Um, I think that he's, as long as he can stay healthy, cause the, the COVID is, is not to be messed with. I mean, if he's got that right now, it's going to be tough to shake that, but, um, if he's able to stay healthy, he can very well be this, the same level guy and really help you win your leagues. Um, and you could even, honestly, I mean, if you love the Titans, you could probably, you could probably snap, you could probably stack all three of those guys. Honestly, you could probably get AJ in the second. Julio in the third or fourth, and then you could also get Tannehill later in the draft. I mean, I don't know if you want to do that. Actually, you could probably do Derrick Henry in the first, AJ in the second, Julio in the fourth, and you get Tannehill in like the the tenth. I don't know if you Let's want to do that. Let's pump the brakes there. I think we'll pump the brakes. I think. I don't know if you want that. to do that, but it's very possible. Like this Titans team has a lot of really intri- intriguing fantasy options. So, um, yeah, if you're gonna if you if you want to draft AFC South fantasy players, just go to the Titans and then kind of just shut your eyes to the other teams at least. Even though Brandon Cooks and James Robinson, I do like as well. But um, I think that'll do it for this episode. Is there anything else you want to add about the AFC South before we get out of here? Nope. All right. So yeah, I think this uh, this team will or this division as a whole will be I think the worst division uh, this year. But I think if you want to talk about Titans and Colts vying for the division winner spot, that's like your main storyline going into this year. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be uh, you got a race to the division, the Titans and the Colts, and the race to the worst team in the NFL between the Texans and Jaguars. You got the two the two opposite extremes of the spectrum here in this division. But um, That'll do it for this episode. Once again, we are the Zone Defense Podcast. Um, the NFL season is literally right around the corner. It's insane that we're finally to this point. It feels like just yesterday we were like, oh, man, I can't wait for the draft in two months. And now we're it's we're like a week, two weeks away from the opening week. So it's really insane to think. Um, but we do have a couple more divisions episodes we're going to do. Um, Chris is going to have a new fantasy football uh, mini series. Uh, doing some more rankings and predictions there. So definitely be on the lookout for those. Hopefully coming within the next week or so. Um, we're also going to do um, hopefully one more fantasy ranking, fantasy mock draft, possibly, as well as another NFL kind of overall preview episode in preparation for the start of the season. But um, And we're also going to bring back our weekly pick that we did all of last NFL season. So definitely make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, follow us on Spotify and Twitter at Zone Defense Pod and search us on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss any of that awesome content. Uh, be sure to smash that like button down below as well and drop a comment because it really helps out our channel a lot. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are on the Texans drama and the Titans and the Colts battling for the top of the division um, as well as any of the fantasy players that we mentioned today as well. We love reading your comments and trying to respond to them as quickly as we can. But once again, thank you for listening to this episode and we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you.